Thank you, Pastor. Good morning. All right. Let's extend our hands over to Pastor this morning and his family. Lord, thank you for the Holy Spirit upon their lives. Bless them. Blow their minds this year. Do something spectacular, God. Something bigger than their prayers, bigger than their faith, bigger than their imagination. Bless the church. Pay off the building supernaturally. Pay it off quickly. Let there be more money than they need, God. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, shake somebody's hand. Say, I love you, but you got to pay me what you owe me. Praise the Lord. All right, good morning. So you can go to Luke chapter 10. We'll be waiting there. Let me mention two things that we have out there for you on this trip. The book, Letters from God. How many of you have and own a copy of Letters from God? Praise the Lord. Those of you that do not own a copy, Letters from God is, if God wrote you a letter every day for a year, what would he say to you? The purpose of this book is to give you weapons against discouragement and negative days. Basically, this is like getting a letter from God every day and uh, very encouraging and fulfilling. I'm going to have the ushers pass these out to those of you that have not read your birthday. Lift your hands. Go ahead, Pastor. I'm so glad I'm not a sound guy. No, I, I wanted to tell a miracle. Uh, you didn't hear it yet. Okay. So, uh, ushers, you're passing out for those that want it. Right? What are we doing? Passing out books? Yeah. Look at their, their if, birthday, If right? you haven't read your birthday, look at uh, so, raise your hand. They'll give you one of these books to read. Ivan, in the, in the first service, we had a, a, a brother open up and read. I think it was, I think it's February 14th, but I, but I have to check. So, January 14th. So, he, he opened up and he read January 14th, and uh, I hope you got it right. We're almost there. January 14th, four days. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So he, he read this. It's uh, uh, 1 John 5, 14. He, he, and it says, and this is a confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he listens and he hears us. So this brother came to church, and he was broken for the fact that he wasn't sure God was hearing him and, and, and listening and and it's a long story, but I, I just tell you that he was undone when he read this, that God is, because he felt like, I just need to keep talking. God listens to me. But he, he got this confirmation through this book on his birthday today. And he and, and his, uh, his lady were just weeping in God's presence because God listens. It's, start talking. And he actually had a bracelet on his wrist that says, start talking. Start talking. And that's all part of his testimony about the conference. That's awesome. Right. Thank you, Pastor. Letters from God. Uh, they'll uh, hand one to you. You can read that. Look up your birthday. Read a, maybe an, uh, a second one. Pass it on when you're done. Uh, unless you're going to buy it. And then you can hold on to it. And then buy it at the end. But they're not for free. Ba ba ba. Then the sequel to that is Letters from God for Children. And uh, now... Is more now it's more important than ever to make sure your children are healthy. Amen. And we're losing a lot of children. 
And so what I discovered is whoever bonds with your children mentors your children. So whoever is closest to your children is their teacher. Most of the time, that's going to be their friends. So if they have bad friends, you have bad teaching, bad mentoring, which you have to deal with for the rest of your life, and so do they. So I wrote this book to create a relationship between parents and their children where the parents will become the closest people in their lives and will become their mentors. Now, this is not for lazy parents. If you're a lazy parent, this is not for you. Because this takes the belief that you had your child, so it's your job to raise your child. Praise the Lord. And, and your child is a soul with an eternal soul, and they're only under your care for a certain amount of time. And so you, you need to give them every opportunity to be blessed and happy. Praise the Lord. So it's 52 letters from God, one letter per week. What the letter teaches is a character trait so that your child will learn one verse a week on that character trait. At the end of the year, they will have learned 52 verses and have practiced for one week at a time 52 character traits. The book is supposed to last for 12 years. So if you start a child at six, you go all the way till they're, you know, till they leave your home. And the idea is to reestablish the parent as that loving mentor where they are closer to you than they are to anyone else. Praise God. And so each day has a question. It's all written down in there. You as the parent go find the answer like what is forgiveness? Let's say that's Monday's question. And then number Tuesday would be how do you, how do you forgive? So on and so forth. And so... You as the parent, depending on the age of your child, then mentor your child and have those Bible discussions about the character trait of forgiveness with your child, depending on their age, depends on the depth of the conversation. Um, very powerful, and uh, the, the letter from God is just really, really encouraging and will be a blessing. So, letters from God for children. Praise the Lord. Okay. Luke chapter 10, verse 30 through 33, let's go there. And uh, we're having five days of encounters with God. Now, an encounter is when something happens in your life that changes your life. So if it doesn't change your life, then you didn't have an encounter. You may have been listening, but you were not hearing. And so this week, we want to actually have encounters only change honors God. And so when God is doing something in the Holy Spirit, the result of a man or a woman hearing God is something in their life changes. An adjustment takes place. A deliverance takes place. A breakthrough takes place. A miracle takes place. Something in your life changes. When you go to church and nothing happens, and you go to church for years and nothing happens, you develop a doubt bank. Your doubt bank then is so full that you are like the people in Jesus' village where they were so full of unbelief that he couldn't even do any miracles there. So now we have churches full of unbelievers who are believers. God can't do any miracles because their doubt bank is so full. 
from having miracles preached at them, but never experiencing them. So what we want to do is have encounters this week with the Holy Ghost. The first one we're having this morning is called the healed life. You all are on a journey. Every man and woman that loves God is on a journey to be healed. There are so many areas of our life that have been messed up by people since we were born, and some of us even in the womb. We have been connected, in some cases, to evil people. Your parents may have been evil people. There are people in here who had evil parents. They molested them. They beat them. They abused them. They tortured them. They did other things like that. That is not a godly parent. That is an evil parent. Some of you didn't have any parents. Some of you had adopted parents, so on and so forth. But life has left you in a particular condition. You're not perfect, but you have a perfect solution. Jesus, who is perfect, is the medicine. If you apply the medicine correctly, you end up with a cure. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody right now and say, this is your day to have a healed life. The spectrum of healing goes all the way from body to soul to spirit and everything in between those things. And we're just going to believe God for a healing service today where people just get miraculously healed. Keep this in mind that a sick person is a dangerous person. When someone is sick, they speak out of their pain. They make choices from their wounds. They view people out of their twisted hurt. They judge things, God, life, man, and people from the abuses that have taken place in their lives. So God's job through the Holy Spirit is to come down, pour in oil and wine, and begin to untwist the twisted pieces of our soul. So a sick person who doesn't allow God to heal them, listen to this, if you do not let God heal you, your children must feed on your disease. So you are going to want to put your armor down this morning. You're going to want to take that armor completely off and say, Holy Spirit, I need to get healed. Because a sick person who learns the ways of God, the language of God, the doctrines of God, the behavior of God, but does not activate it, becomes a danger to everyone around them because they're a false human being. Praise the Lord. We want God to heal us. And so we're just going to go down and expect the Lord to do that. Would you look at somebody and say, I'm believing God that you're going to lose 25 pounds right now in the name of Jesus. And that will be your first healing. Oh, God, mighty God, there is a God. Praise God. Put your hand on your belly and say, Hala, hala, honda, da.
Have you ever had a disagreement that turned into an argument that turned into two, two demons talking to each other? <laughs> then you know the scenarios of walking around with unresolved issues, pain that has not been healed, wounds that have not been repaired. A wound basically is a rip in the soul. It's been torn by violent behavior. And bleeding comes out, infections come out, and spreading of disease begins to happen into all the family members. You can see this with an innocent child as they're raised by bad people, begin to mirror the badness. Or somebody raised by loving people begin to mirror the love. You came to Jesus without knowing what you were doing. You simply didn't want to go to hell or whatever the message was that reached you at that moment. But I'm telling you that the Holy Spirit has an agenda to make you completely well. Praise the Lord. Inside you is this untapped potential to change the world. There's no normal Christian. All Christians are geniuses, potentially. Look at somebody and say, did you hear what he said? I'm a genius. Stop calling me an idiot. Said, I'm a... Praise the Lord. So you will always have somebody agree with Satan and utter those words to you. But you need to be healed, and you need to be made well. You'll never be trustworthy by the Holy Spirit if you're sick. You have to be made well. There's no other agenda. The price has been paid for all areas of your life to be healed and to be restored. There's no part of you that God has forgotten. Praise the Lord. You have not been forgotten. And what happened to you? God has not forgotten. Remember that whatever God heals becomes your ministry. So the worst basket case ends up with the biggest ministry. There's no negatives in God. Because the worst your, the worst your life has been, the greater your ministry and healing will be. Praise God. Because what it took to heal you never leaves you. It just becomes part of you. Praise the Lord. So let's all rejoice that you're a mess. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Look at somebody and says, have you ever done crazy? <laughs> the only advice I will ever give you on marriage today is this. Don't do crazy at the same time. <laughs> Choose your crazy days. I'm having a crazy day today. Get out of the way. <laughs> so God loves us, which is just a cliche for many people. But God loves us enough to heal us and to give us an entire life that is totally healed. When you die, you should die without pain. Because remember, pain makes you selfish. 
And as long as you're in covenant with pain, Satan is your pastor. He's mentoring you with that pain. Through that pain, he is mentoring you through your thoughts of pain, your heart of pain, your soul of pain, and your spirit of pain. So as God begins to heal you, you begin to repair, and then certain blessings start coming out of your life as symptoms of healing. And we're going to go through that this morning. Luke chapter 10, verses 30 through 33. But a Samaritan who was on a journey came upon him, and when he saw him, he felt compassion, and came to him and bandaged up his wounds, pouring oil and wine on them, and he put him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, he took out two denarii and gave them to the innkeeper and said, Take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I return, I will repay you. Let's believe this and get this in our minds, that however, whatever the depth of your damage, the depth of God's medicine equals that and surpasses it. He has already made the provision for the depth of your pain and the depth of your hurt. However terrible your experiences have been, there is a medicine designed by God to heal that in your life. We have all these orphans and children who have been raised in dumps, trash dumps. They played in sores, literally sat in the human sore, played in it. They lived inside of cardboard boxes, strange people coming by and molesting them. And they had no power to stop it. Getting pregnant by 12 years old from strangers. Eating food out of the dump. We have some of them now that are studying to be aeronautical engineers. Brain surgeons. Pediatricians. Architects. Lawyers. Entrepreneurs and so forth, because God has healed them. Your happiness depends on your healing. Praise the Lord. Tell that to somebody. God is going to make you happy by healing you, every part of you. There's no part of you that is not important to God. Praise the Lord. Here a man fell among thieves, the Bible says. He was stripped, beaten, and left for dead. The four things that have happened to all of us that are here. We have fallen into the hands of thieves. How many of you have done that? And had them strip you of your dignity, your innocence, your self-worth, or something else. How many of you have been beaten verbally, physically, emotionally, or in some other way? And left. How many have been left? By someone. Someone just left you. That is very damaging, especially when you're small and you have no self-defense. You have no way of protecting yourself. So what happens when a person is hurt and they have no way of protecting themselves divinely? They have to get hard. 
They have to get calloused. They have to say, I don't give a flip. I don't care. That's what happens. So it ends up that we all get hard-hearted. We don't care about anybody. We find maybe one person we can trust. We build our whole world around them. And everybody else is an enemy, a stranger, or someone we keep at arm's length. Which is exactly what the devil wants from Christians because we're called to convert people out of hell into heaven. Praise the Lord. If you're sick, you're thinking of you. You're not thinking of me. So God must make you well. Praise the Lord. Look at somebody next to you and say these words. You are worth the time it's going to take to heal you totally. Let's praise God out loud right now and say, I am worth. Say it out loud. I am worth the time that it will take to make me whole, to heal me in every area of my life. The truth is, some of you are crazy. Praise the Lord. Some of you have gone crazy. Some of you are in the midst of crazy. All of it is reversible by the healing power of the Lord Jesus. Turn to two people right now and say, you're looking skinnier right now. Praise God. My prayer is working. My prayer is working. You look like seven pounds have just fallen off you. Say it. Seven pounds of fear have just jumped off you. Nine pounds of worry have just come off you. Say it out loud. Thirty-nine pounds of unbelief have come off your body. When you're sick, you're dysfunctional. You're out of balance. You misinterpret things. And life is weird. When you're healed, you are a weapon in the hands of God. Don't lose your entire destiny over a sickness, a wound, or a hurt. The first area of healing this morning is found in uh, Psalm 147.3. He heals the... I'm sorry. I was, I, I'm ahead of myself. One second. Yeah. So, he pours in oil and wine into our wounds and our hurts. I want you to think about that this morning. Some of you are wounded as you're in this building. You're hurt as you're in this building. When God heals a wound, it becomes medicine to you. Once your wound is healed, it's now a medicine you own and can give to other people. The place where you're wounded now becomes visible inside of strangers. Where you were wounded and hurt, you now can detect that wound and hurt in other people because you see yourself in that person and you can step up to that person with hands full of medicine and say, this, was your, this is your wound and this is your hurt and here is the medicine and you can heal people. Praise God. Every wound and hurt needs to be healed right now. Put your hands on your heart 
and say this with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you to heal my wounds and my hurt. I don't want to speak out of my pain. Past, present, or future. I want to speak out of the love of God and out of the healing medicine that is in me. I will not be wounded, stay wounded, or wound anybody in the name of Jesus. I am a medicine. I am a hospital. I am a doctor in the making in the name of Jesus. Now tonight we'll preach on how to become a healer. The most powerful thing you'll hear because here's the truth. Unless you start healing people with your problem, you will keep your problem. If you're depressed, find a depressed person and heal them and it'll break your depression. Praise the Lord. Luke 10.30. Jesus replied and said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho, fell among robbers, and they stripped him and beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. Praise the Lord. This is a radical thing because one of the things that God heals in our lives, if we let him, is the traumas that we've experienced. Trauma is the sudden invasion of violence into some area of our life. The sudden invasion of violence, losing a child, losing a parent, losing a brother or a sister, watching someone beaten, violated, being violated, being sexually abused, being violently beat physically, being thrown out on the street, having your wife be unfaithful or your husband be unfaithful having traumatic experiences with your children, going through pain that you did not predict or expect, these things require a healing from the Holy Spirit. Because trauma, when it's not healed, paralyzes our soul. When your soul is paralyzed, then you are unable to function the way God created you because you're paralyzed. You cannot move in that area. When God heals your trauma, you put on armor and now you're able to face life with bravery and courage and faith and you're able to look into the future and say, I am not afraid because what used to dominate me with fear, trauma and terror, now has become a little tiny grasshopper that I have the power to put my foot on and squash anytime it tries to raise its head. But when your trauma is not fixed, then you live in terror, fear, and you're a paralyzed Christian. And you spread that everywhere you go, all the time, looking behind your shoulder, looking around, seeing when the next bad thing is going to happen. Hebrews 12, 15. Exercise foresight and be on the watch to look after one another to see that no one falls back from and falls to, uh, fails to secure God's grace in order that no root of resentment or bitterness or hatred shoots forth and causes trouble and bitter torment, and the many become contaminated and defiled. Bitterness is something that you must be healed of, or it will grow like roots inside you. Begin to make everybody in your family infected by that bitterness, 
The way that you can tell that you are bitter is that you find yourself complaining about everything. Complaining is the fruit of a bitter soul. Talking bad about a person is a sign that you're bitter against that person. The inability to mention someone's name or even hear that name is a sign of bitterness. And the desire for God to kill them is a sign of bitterness. Praying for them to die in the name of Jesus right now, I command you to die, is a sign of bitterness. You can be bitter at people. You can be bitter at circumstances. You can be bitter at God. God forbid that you ever get bitter at your source of healing. Because when you get mad at God, you have now cut yourself off from your source of deliverance. God is good. God is love. He does not kill children or put diseases on people. He raises people from the dead. He cures sickness and disease. He's the author of healing, not the author of sickness. Tell somebody right now, you're on the road to healing today. You can be bitter at your mother or father. You can be bitter at your own self for the mistakes you make and the compromises you allow in your life. But bitterness is going to make you like a serpent because the people you love will soon be infected with that disease. You will turn your hatred for those that did something wrong to you towards those that love you. And eventually, the people that love you will no longer love you. And most people, sooner or later, will quit on you because there's bitterness in your life. Bitterness cannot be tolerated. You cannot allow bitterness inside you. You cannot play with it. You cannot nurture it. You cannot cultivate it. You cannot allow it to survive. You cannot justify it. You cannot empower it. You cannot equip it. You cannot allow it to live because it will poison your children. It will poison your grandchildren. It will defile the walls of your house. It will defile your bedroom. It will defile your kitchen. It will defile every area of your life. And there is no question that you have a right to hate people and be bitter, but it will make you sick. Just because we can do it doesn't mean that we should do it. And once you know you shouldn't do something, you need to put your foot down and say in the name of Jesus, bitterness, you are walking out of my life right now. I am kicking you out of my family. I am going to be a loving father, a loving mother. My children will have memories of me singing over them and kneeling at their bed and praying for them, not telling them to get away and leave me alone. Not scowling at them, not yelling at them, not hitting them, not screaming at them, not telling them to get away, not telling them I wish you weren't born. None of that is allowable. You will not do that because you're going to get healed of that bitterness. Racism is the fruit of bitterness. And there are no racists in heaven. So no one that hates a person for the color of their skin will go to heaven. 
Now, you can hate people temporarily because they hurt you or hurt somebody you love. But you cannot hate a stranger who you do not know. You take your hate to the cross and God cleanses it from you. But to expect not to hate people is ridiculous and we're putting burdens on people that are not biblical. I'm a human being. Hurt somebody I love and I will hate you a little while. But I will deal with it quickly and get rid of it. But I will hate you even if it's for a few seconds. And if you catch me during those few seconds, you should run. <laughs> Praise the Lord. That's the carnal me. Because remember, Christianity doesn't work. It only works for dead people. And if you're not dead, Christianity will fail you. You can't have all these rights and claim all this and claim all that and claim all this and claim all that. You'll drive yourself crazy. Christianity doesn't work for people that are still alive. Amen? Look at three people and say, my gosh, you lost another three pounds right there. Your left cheek looks a little smaller than your right cheek. My Lord. Let's go ahead, husbands, and put your arm around your wife, and let's sing our song. Look at him. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. One more time. Wait a second. I don't know why you men are looking at me. I'm getting a weird feeling right now. Let me just tell you. Brothers, do not look at me. Look at your wife one more time. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. Ladies, you know the routine. Put your hands on their chest. Say, honey, I really mean what I'm about to tell you. Ready, ladies? Look at them. Give me some money, honey, honey. Give me some dough. Clap your hands. Give me some money, honey, honey. Give me some dough. Give me some money, honey, honey. Give me some dough. Whoa, 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 whoa. Give me some money, honey, honey. Give me some dough. The last verse. Send me to Hawaii, honey. Hallelujah. Send me to Hawaii, honey. Hallelujah. Send me to Hawaii, honey. You don't have to go, whoa, whoa. Send me to Hawaii, honey. Hallelujah. Keep your hand on that chest. I know where you hide your money. I know you keep it over there in that boot, that old boot uh, over in the garage. I saw it when you hit it in there. You put it in that tire. I saw you when you hit it in your underwear drawer. I know. Oh, okay. Anyway. So, 
Cleanse bitterness. Cleanse bitterness becomes a flowing river of love. The way you know that you're healed of your bitterness is love begins to unbiasedly flow. Meaning that you begin to love people that you used to not like. You begin to give love to people that you would not even look at. This is the fruit of a soul without bitterness. All of a sudden, people that you used to hate now become your friends. You see everybody as a cherished person, redeemed or waiting to be redeemed. And you are used by God to heal people with that love that is flowing out of your soul. When you're bitter, you're so selfish that all you think about is your own pain. Poison is not what we're supposed to be giving each other. No woman should be cussing out her husband. And no husband should be cussing out his wife. Bitterness does that. Now, don't feel bad if you've been doing it. Because we're not here to make you feel bad. We're here to make you feel convicted to get rid of what makes you feel bad. Praise the Lord. So you just repent. See, Christians go to church with an expectation of transformation. That's why you go to church. You're, you're going to church with an expectation of transformation. And so the pastor gives you revelation, but until you activate it, you don't release its power. So the second that you activate what you're told, you release the power and end up with a substance. Praise God. So you can hear all you want, go to church a thousand times, go to church 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, but if you don't activate what you hear, then you've never released its power and never gained its substance. Praise the Lord. Look at three people say, another two pounds just fell right off you. The other cheek. When you're hurt, nothing is funny. When you're wounded, you cannot laugh. Unless you have perfected faking and acting. But a genuine person who's wounded, they're in the grips of hopelessness. Bitterness is a flowing river of supernatural love. Say it. I'm going to love people because I will not be bitter. Colossians 2 verse 8. See to it that no one carries you off and spoils you or makes you captive by so-called philosophy and intellectualism and vain deceit, idle fancies and plain nonsense, following human tradition, men's ideas of the material rather than the spiritual world, just crude notions following the rudimentary and elemental te teachings of the universe and disregarding the teachings of Christ the Messiah. To be, have a healed life, our sick ideas have to be healed. You see, we have picked up sick ideas as we've lived our lives. A sick idea from a father, a sick idea from a mother, a sick idea from someone else. Sick ideas, diabolical ideas, ideas that don't come from God. There are three consequences of bad ideas. Number one, it messes up your perspective. Once a sick idea enters your brain, it now changes your perspective of everything. 
it changes your perception, and your perception is reality to you. So your perception becomes all messed up because your ideas are not coming from God. And finally, and most important, your conclusions are ruined because now you're making conclusions that is leading you to a harvest full of sorrow. Praise God. We need to conclude based on the Word of God. Our conclusions must be dominated by the Word of God, which is the mind of God, and the thoughts of God heal things. One thought of God absorbed into your mind, meditated on, releases healing to all your flesh, to your heart, and to your soul. The Scripture is medicine, and therefore when you memorize it, meditate on it, and give it out, it begins to heal. It heals you first, and then it heals everybody else. Praise the Lord. So you are sitting right there with your Bible on all the healing you will ever need for any area of your life. Your body, your soul, and your spirit is in the Word of God. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, holla, holla. That's what I'm talking about. So a sick idea is where you get serial killers. A sick idea is where you get serial adulterers. A sick idea is where you get serial fornicators. A sick idea is where you get rebels, anarchists, and those that rebel against the truth. A sick idea is where you get people that are uh, uh, blessing Bad things that they're doing in the name of Jesus. These are sick ideas. So then preachers end up preaching doctrines that empower sin rather than empower victory. Praise the Lord. And this is happening all over the TV and all over the world. Just remember one thought. God cannot bless what Jesus died to defeat. The second thing to remember is this. If a preacher tells you any bad thing you do is okay, remember what they're doing to you. They are stealing the fear of God from you. And once you stop fearing God, you're about to enter hell. The fear of the Lord is pure and clean and a tree of life. Praise God. Hug somebody right now and say, I'm healed in the name of Jesus. So healed ideas become platforms to other people. Your ideas will open the doors to your ministry. Your godly ideas will give you a platform. Your godly ideas will pay your bills. Your godly ideas will give you open uh, opportunities. Your godly ideas will give you medicine. Your godly ideas will give you a lifestyle of healing, a culture of transformation, destiny that comes from God, and the power to heal people and heal yourself. That's what's waiting for you when you let God heal, heal your ideas. Praise God. Romans 1.25 because they exchange the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creator rather than the, the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Praise the Lord. Psalm 147 verse 3. He heals the brokenhearted, binds up their wounds, curing their pains and their sorrows. 
A broken heart is one of the most damaging things you can live with. And let me just say it like this. No one here has to live with a broken heart past today. And you will have your heart broken many times in your life. You will have your heart broken many times in your life. Unless you're a hermit and you never talk to anybody. But if you're a real Christian and gets out there with the people and tries to help people, you'll have your heart broken. I had my heart broken many times before I got saved, and I only lived 17 years as a lost person. But I've had my heart broken many, many more times as a Christian than I did as a lost person. But thanks the Lord that he's helped me learn how to get a new heart. Jesus' heart was broken so I could get a new one anytime I need it. If you have a broken heart, then you're just walking around leaking infections. So God has to heal your broken heart. Put your hand on your chest and let's receive a healing for our brokenheartedness. Lord, whoever's had their heart broken that's here, I speak to that. Say this with me. I receive a new heart. Not leaking, not infected, not torn, not ripped. I live, receive the heart of Jesus, full of mercy and love and compassion. I forgive the people that broke my heart. Those that I loved and trusted. Those that I believed in. I forgive them in the name of Jesus. Whatever the source of my broken heart, I receive a healing and a miracle in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Look at two people and say, that's what I'm talking about. When your brokenheartedness is healed, it releases a ministry of hope. You then become the source of hope. Hope means a joyful expectancy that something good is about to happen. When your hope is in control of your life, then you go around putting hope in people. You don't go around taking hope from people. Praise God. Hope, a joyful expectancy that something good is about to happen. Say it out loud. Something good is about to happen to me. I don't know if it's going to happen to you, but something good is about to happen to me. Say that to everybody. Say, I don't know about you, but something good is about to happen to me. I'm a man of hope. Say it. I'm a woman of hope. I'm walking around in hope. I'm going to have hope, give hope, dwell in hope, marinate in hope, live in hope, drink hope, eat hope, be hope. Hope's going to be everywhere. I'm going to be a hope giver. Praise God. We need hope. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. So we need hope. Thank the Lord. When you have a whole heart, hope is in control of what's going on in your life. 1 Corinthians 6, 19. Do you not know that your body is the temple, the sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you, whom you have received as a gift from God? You are not your own. See, our lives have been made sick through defilements. Defilements are things that make us feel guilty and ashamed and condemned and accused and, and fearful, judged, 
and with no possibility of redemption. So what God does is he begins to cleanse us of defilements because they make us sick. Every defilement steals a piece of your destiny. So when you let God heal a defilement, that piece of your destiny is reactivated. When God is ready to promote you, he sends someone to offend you. If you love them, you activate a promotion. If you don't love them, you activate a retest. So what ends up happening to a lot of us who are defiled with unforgiveness is that we never get out of the same place because we never forgive, so we just reactivate a retest. We think, okay, I'm not going to forgive this person. They're going to go away. But then seven take that person's place. The defilement of unforgiveness has kept you from your whole healing and being well. Do not be defiled with anything you know is not of God. Put your hands up right now and say these words. I repent for all defilements, for taking drugs, for smoking pot, for getting drunk. I repent for fornicating and pornography, vile language, anger and rage, wicked attitudes, and perverted desires. I repent in the name of Jesus and ask for the mercy of God, the power of God, the blood of the Lamb of God to wash me and cleanse me, the purity of the mind of God, the anointing of the Word of God. I declare my liberty and freedom. I'm going to walk in holiness. I'm going to walk in the fear of God. The devil is defeated. God is on the throne. And I'm going to serve Jesus in the power of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to walk in holiness. My eyes will be full of light. My heart will be full of purity. My soul will be in the hands of God. And I will live inside of the mind of God. And I will not hate people. I will not be jealous of people or envious of people. For those who are defiled of my flesh. I will not practice witchcraft. I will not be a controller, a manipulator, an intimidator. I will not undermine people. I will not threaten people. I will not do anything that takes from anybody or steals because I am being healed and given a healed life today. Let's praise God a little bit and say thank you Jesus. Thank you almighty God. Praise you Lord. Praise you almighty God. Thank you Jesus. Cleanse defilements become rivers of purity. Now, listen to what I'm about to tell you. God promotes you based on how well he can trust you. You can only go as far as God can trust you. God's not looking to trust you. When God comes to you, he looks for himself in you. Because the only person he can truly trust is himself. So the more of Jesus you have in you, the more God can partner with. So God finds Jesus in you. He knows he can trust himself. So then he answers himself and gives you the blessing. 
Everybody say, holla, holla, that was crazy. Praise God. That's why we become like Jesus, because we want the promotions of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. I'm going to stop there for this morning, and tonight we'll take up on how to become a healer. And, of course, we'll have a lot of ministry to individuals tonight and all the gifts of the Spirit and flowing. Here's what I believe in my heart. Jesus set the pattern for ministry. You preach revelation, and then you demonstrate you demonstrate the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So we're going to do that. I want you to lift your hands now up to heaven and say, Dear God, I want to be healed of everything in my body, everything in my soul, and everything in my spirit. I want to have the best year I've ever had. God, I don't want to be tormented. I don't want to be tortured in my sleep. I want my sleep to be healed right now. Everybody that needs healed sleep, just stand up and sit down. Right now, God, all these that are standing and sitting, God, give them sweet sleep. Everybody that's had torment and you want to be done with it, just stand up and then sit down. Everybody that needs a healing for torment, stand up and then sit down. Everybody that has ridiculous headaches, stand up and sit down. That's all it takes. Everybody that has terrible back pain right now, it shoots from one side to the other. Stand up and be healed. Those of you that feel like you're going blind, the devils are actually told you you're going blind. Stand up and get healed from that right now. There's several people with palpitations. Your heart races all of a sudden. That's going to be healed in the name of Jesus. Many of you are losing your teeth. Some of them are loose right now. God is going to heal that. Stand up and receive a healing for that. Some of you that have crazy attacks of the devil and warfare, and it's unreasonable warfare, stand up, and I break it off you in the name of Jesus. Those that are afraid for your marriage, stand up quickly and receive a healing for that. It will not fall apart. It will last. God will strengthen it. God will put steel in there. God will put the power of the Holy Spirit. Those of you that can't get rid of guilt and shame, stand up right now and get rid of that guilt and shame once and for all for the rest of your life in the name of Jesus. Quickly, we're receiving quick miracles right now by the power of the Holy Ghost. Someone you've had very terrible pain on the left side of your eye. It's been hurting you for a long time. Several people, you feel like your back is totally twisting. God is going to heal your back right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm praying for asthma, for children that are not here right now, but you know who those children are. Stand up quickly in their place, and let's receive a healing for those children with asthma in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit, God. Several of you that don't have enough money to pay your bills, stand up and let's receive financial deliverance right now in the name of Jesus, God. Many right now that don't know what your calling is, stand up and get to receive it from God right now. Your calling. Several of you that don't know, who, you want to get married, but you don't see any hope anywhere, stand up and let's believe God for a husband or a wife that's, that you, it's too good for you. That's what you're going to, too good for me. Praise God. That's the way it should be in the name of Jesus. Somebody stole money from you, and God is going to give it back seven times. There are several people right now at the, uh, having problems with the IRS. Stand up, and let's have a reversal in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Ghost and Jesus. You don't deserve it, but God's going to give it to you anyway because he's a merciful God. Now, I claim 100-fold. 100 times what the devil has stolen from you is coming your way in the name of Jesus. I prophesy that over you right now. One 
hundred times what the devil stole is going to come back in material things, in spiritual things, in physical things, in relational things, in all areas. Be it unto you according to your faith in the name of Jesus. All right. Be seated for a minute. Several of you that are estranged from your father, you're estranged from your father. God is going to perform a miracle there. Estranged from your father. Stand up if that's you, because this is going to be a miracle that God is going to give you, and it's a miracle only he can give you. Praise the Lord. If you're next to these people, just touch their hands. Many miracles need to happen for this to happen. But I'm telling you that the miracles will happen. Every transformation that needs to happen will take place. For those of you that are saying, I'm estranged, praise the Lord. I'm not saying at what level. I'm just saying that it will be healed and you will know that it is God. That is my word to you in the name of Jesus. Do not wrestle. You have to do nothing. There's nothing you have to do except love God and follow Him. Praise the Lord. Be seated. Everybody close your eyes for a moment. And I want you to close your eyes because you want to shut out everyone and all distractions. I close my eyes when I pray. It puts me in a private place. And I want you to go to a private place. Go to a private place right now. Let the Lord speak to you right now about everything going on in your life. Heaven is for real. And hell is for real. Many people that think they're saved are actually not saved. And God is saving people, changing people, and transforming people. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you 100% sure that you will go to heaven when you die? If you died today, can you say that you have no doubt that you will go to heaven? Or are you standing in a position where you say, I'm not sure about that? I want to go to heaven, but I'm not sure I would. Only God can give you that peace and assurance in your heart. Nobody else can. I'm going to ask you right now to do this, right where you're sitting. If you say, I want that peace in my heart, I want that peace in my heart. I want to know 100% right where you're sitting. If you say, I want that, would you just simply lift your hand right where you're at, high enough for me to see, and then I'm going to pray for you. Look at all the hands going up. And I want you to really lift them high. No shame at all. Just lift them straight up there. Hands are going up everywhere. There, 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 there. Hands are going up everywhere. Everywhere. People are making choices for eternity. Because God loves you, He brought you to church. I want you to do something. Everyone that lifted your hands, I just want you to stand right there where you're at and let me pray for you. Just stand right to your feet, right at that spot. I want to pray for you, and I want to ask God to do a miracle for you. 
I want to ask God to do a miracle for you. Would you all look at me for one moment? May I have your permission to, to pray for you? Would you give me that honor to pray for you? It's an honor for me. True honor. I live for these, these moments in my life. And I just want to be able to, to look into your eyes. Would you let me look into your eyes and lead you in a prayer? I will not make you say anything to anybody. But if you would, would you do me this favor? Could you walk up here as fast as you can? As fast as you can, just walk up here, and then I'll let you sit down. Give them a hand as they come up like your mother is coming up here. Praise the Lord. Just as far up as you can. Yeah, just far up. And I want you to clap like your mother's coming up here. Praise the Lord. All around the front, all around the side. And as you're coming, I want to tell you some real important information about this. All of you have probably asked somebody at some time to forgive you. And if you've ever had anybody say, no, I'm not going to forgive you. It's a pretty horrible feeling. It's also a horrible feeling if you ask somebody to forgive you and they say, I do forgive you. And then next time you do something, they bring up everything they forgave you for because they can't forget. We have a problem if God cannot forget. But thank God that the Bible tells us that he forgets. He gives himself amnesia and forgets everything you've done that you wish you had not done. Everything you've done, you wish you had not done, he is about to erase it from his memory. This is perfect forgiveness. Very few humans are capable of it, but God is. All you have to do this morning is be sincere about it. Forgive those that have hurt you and forgive yourself. And then you will set yourself on a new path with a new beginning. Are you ready? Is there anyone else that wants to come forward that did not come forward? You said, I wish I had come forward. I will ask you to come forward now if that's you. I will wait for you. If you say, I wish I had gone up, get up from your seat and come on up here and let God give you a brand new beginning and clean that slate and make peace. I'll wait for you. Thank you. Thank you. Now let's pray, each one of us right now, out loud, together. Lord Jesus, forgive me for everything I've done. I repent. I turn my back on the devil. I turn my back on the world. I surrender to you, Jesus. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Give me the peace I cannot fabricate. Put it in my heart, Lord. I'll follow you till I die. I'm yours from now on. You're my Lord and Master, my God and King. I will serve you alone. I will never bow to anyone else, just you. I forgive all those that have abused me and all those that have hurt me. And I forgive myself. I let myself go free.
and give myself a chance at life and a new beginning. Give me the power to be a new person in Jesus' name. I'm going to heaven. I'm forgiven. The devil is defeated. God is on the throne. And I believe in my future. 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 My past shall not infect my future. In Jesus' name. Say it out loud. I'm going to heaven. The devil is a liar. Now, would you guys let us celebrate you for one minute? Would you turn around and face the church just for one minute? Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I want you to celebrate these men and women and children that are on their way to heaven, and the devil is a liar. They have been forgiven. Their doubts have been destroyed. Names are in the Lamb's Book of Life, and they're going to go to heaven. Praise God. You want me to hold them up here? Okay. You all turn back around this way if you would. Pastor is going to speak to you in a moment, and you all may be seated out there. And before I, I hand it over to him, many of you are interested always in helping us with our orphans, and we have our orphan cards in the back. Uh, we depend on the partnership of people to take care of these children. And so we are raising the money for our food to feed all our children uh, for the month of July. So it's $1 per meal. We have to raise 13,000 meals for July. We have raised all the way through June. So whatever amount you give in the offering, 100, 200, whatever that is, that's per meal. That's how many we buy, and we need that many. So praise the Lord. Here's Pastor. God bless you, and thank, thank you very you, much. Thank you, Brother Ivan. Wonderful. Put your hands together, won't you? Okay, here's what we're going to do. Pastor Vince, and there's a team of people. We just, before you leave, we want to give you one of these, all right? It's, it's called the Life Book. All right, so guys, go ahead and just give them, go ahead and pass them out like water. Inside this Life Book will help you to grow in the things of God. If a baby was born, you'd, you'd feed the child, right? You'd cause the baby to grow. It would be wrong. So we want to feed you. We want you to grow big and strong in God. This Life Book will help you. Inside the Life Book should be a foundations card, and you can find out about our different uh, classes to help you grow in the things of the Lord. We love you. We love you. And if you don't have a home church, we hope that you would make this your home. And we are so glad for what God's doing. Come on, everybody. Put your hands together for these guys. Lord bless you. You can return to your seat if you want to. And if you didn't get one of those books, if you'll just see Pastor Vince and one of our team there, that'll help you out. Come on, let's give our hands, hand clap together one more time. Wonderful. My, my, my. Come on, somebody say praise the Lord. All right, ushers, would you assist us? My goodness. Wonderful. Serve God all of your life. He'll fulfill the purpose and the reason that you're here in the earth. What a joy. People getting saved today. That's why we're here. That's why we do what we do. Don't miss tonight. Six o'clock our service will be. 
It's a baptismal service. Pastor Vince is going to be doing the baptizing. And um, you don't want to miss that. Uh, if you've not followed the Lord and the command to be baptized, uh, you want to come. It's not a religious thing. Somebody said, well, how, how young do you have to be? You have to have an understanding that Jesus died on a cross, rose again from the grave, and that baptism is an outward sign of what took place on the inside. Don't just get baptized because it's some religious thing that you're supposed to get baptized. No, you get baptized when you get born again. After that, get baptized. Don't get baptized before it becomes real and you've really repented and, and really made a decision to, to live for Christ your whole life. That's not the time to get baptized before that. After that, yeah. And so really the age uh, of, your, of your child is if it's been a real conversion, born-again experience, and they understand that and can articulate it, that would be the time. For my daughter, it was about seven. She, she could say her alphabet when she was two. My son was about nine. I've seen other children that's been a little bit older. It all depends. There's no hard, fast rule. But if you've not been baptized, you should be baptized tonight. Do it tonight if you've made a real decision for Jesus. All right, we're going to go ahead and, and bless uh, What Matters Ministries. Ushers, would you come, please? You can give online. Helping orphans. It's a unique, uh, a unique opportunity. Real, true religion, says James, is to help widows and orphans. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for Ivan Tate and the orphanage, Lord Africa, the orphanage in Guatemala, for the amazing excellence that's upon them to reach these hurting, broken kids, give them the gospel, raise them up and release them into the world, heal them whole. Help us, Lord, to make a difference, to partner with them. I pray you bless the gift and the giver many times over, hundredfold even. In the name of Jesus, amen. Ushers, go ahead. Monday night at 7, Tuesday night at 7, Wednesday night at... Don't miss any of these meetings. They'll be transformational if you'll come expecting. Lord, thank you for what you've done, the first service, what you've done in this one, and 
the many, many people that recommitted and gave their lives back to you. The bonds have been broken. The healing that has flowed. Lord, thank you. Bless your people, God, on this precious day. Cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen.